All right, turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs tonight, book of Proverbs, and I appreciate the Montgomery family singing, Montgomery family sings, the Stanley family sings. Uh, this coming Sunday, the Neal family is not going to sing, and so uh, uh, we all have our gifts, don't we? Proverbs chapter number 26, I'm going to read the first 12 verses of the chapter, and uh, I want to give you some very practical helps tonight. And uh, <laughs> there's, uh, I've, I've, there's nine different statements I'm going to make from these 12 verses, and, um, and we'll see what the Lord has for us this evening, but I believe this will be helpful to us. Proverbs chapter number 26, uh, we'll begin reading in verse number one. As snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the ass, and a rod for the fool's back. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. <coughs> he that sendeth a message by the hand of a fool cutteth off the feet, and drinketh damage. The legs of the lame are not equal, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. As he that bindeth a stone in a sling, so is he that giveth honor to a fool. As a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. The great God that formed all things both rewardeth the fool and rewardeth transgressors. As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit, there is more hope of a fool than of him. If you paid just a little bit of attention to those 12 verses, you see there's a certain kind of individual that is the subject of these 12 verses. And it's the one the Bible calls a fool. And tonight I want to use this passage of scripture to teach on dealing with fools. Um, and this is going to help us understand what the Bible says about fools and then how to deal with fools. And so let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, <coughs> thank you once again for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to open it, to uh, read it, to study it, to hear from it, uh, to allow it to teach us and instruct us. But once again this evening, as we uh, look at this passage very practically, <coughs> excuse me, maybe be reminded <clears throat> that we have the tools we need uh, to navigate this life. Uh, be with your people this evening, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The book of Proverbs is, of course, a wonderful book of the Bible, and uh, most, if not all of us, have the habit of, uh, when we read every day, reading a chapter from the book of Proverbs, and that's certainly a good habit to get into, but I would encourage you uh, not just to isolate reading a book of Proverbs a chapter a day. Uh, spend some time uh, in the book of Proverbs. Spend some time studying through the book of Proverbs. And one thing you'll find through the book of Proverbs is, uh, obviously there's a lot of wisdom there, but the Bible helps us, and specifically the book of Proverbs we'll talk about tonight, helps us identify uh, certain uh, players in the story, if you will. Helps you identify who is uh, what. And certainly, uh, this world will try and uh, identify uh, this person is this and this person is this. We do the same thing. But we have to look at what the Bible says 
about definitions. We have to look at what the Bible says about uh, who is uh, uh, wise and who is not wise. And a fool is somebody that is referenced throughout the book of Proverbs. And this will really help you in life if you approach. And I taught on this years ago, and I probably need to uh, revisit this. Uh, but when you identify the characters in the book of the book of Proverbs, tells you uh, there is a there's a wise man. Uh, there's, there's the simple man. They just don't know. They've never had the instruction. And once somebody is, once a simple man is given the instruction, he now has a choice. Do I want to become wise or do I want to be a fool? A fool is somebody, and I'll give you the, 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 the little bit longer definition in a moment, who's going to reject uh, wisdom. And then so you have the, 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 somebody who's simple. I don't necessarily, a child would, call, would be simple. They have not been taught. A new Christian can be simple because they have not been taught. Now, that simple person needs to seek wisdom and needs to seek understanding. But tonight we're going to look at f- a fool. And this world has a good uh, ability of taking somebody the Bible calls a fool and elevating them to somebody to copy and emulate. We don't want to do that. Uh, it's, it's not a good result. And this passage is going to tell us how to deal with fools and how to deal with a fool. And so <coughs> we want to identify these characters. And let me give you the, uh, the a definition of uh, fool as it's mentioned in the Bible. One who acts contrary to sound wisdom, uh, one who follows his own inclination, one who prefers trifling and temporary pleasures to the service of God and eternal happiness. Uh, Let me read that for you again. One who acts contrary to sound wisdom, one who follows his own inclination, one who prefers trifling and temporary pleasures to the service of God and eternal happiness. Now, a fool is somebody who rejects what this book says. A fool is somebody who lives for themselves and not for that eternal happiness. That is a fool. A, a somebody who is, that the Bible talks about those that are evil and how to deal with those that are evil. That is somebody who's going to try to harm somebody. How, what to do with a scorner. A fool is somebody <coughs> who knows better, but they're going to do what they want to do. They're going to reject the better way to do what they want to do. And let me remind all of us, but especially our our teenagers and our young people, is if you're going to do what you want to do, that's a good definition of a fool if it's contrary to this book. Well, it makes sense to me. Are you ready? That's what a fool says. Because it is contrary. When we have the facts, then we say, well, this is the way I interpret that. Okay. Um, well, the Bible talks about that. And so, first of all, we want to avoid being labeled a fool by the Word of God. It, to reject, okay, every, every head of house, every uh, husband and wife, as you establish your home, as you go through and you uh, build a home for the Lord, and as you rear your children and even go through all those different stages and to where you're <laughs> even by yourself eventually, you know, you need to do it the way God says it. We have instruction. To reject that would be foolish, would it not? And so we need to understand now, how do we deal with this world? Say, I know what some of you are, are, might be thinking is like, Pastor, this world is full of fools. It's always interesting when I teach on, on this, whenever I, I, I think of, when I mention a fool, it's like, I can tell, it's like, you know, you can see the bubble, the, the thought bubble is going up above everybody's head. They're thinking of somebody they know. 
And hopefully it's not the person sitting right next to you. But, uh, we, you know, this world is full of fools. So how do we respond? How do we uh, deal with them? And this passage, I believe, will help us understand. So let me jump into it. Uh, there's nine different things that I want to mention tonight from this passage. Number one, honor should not be given to a fool. Look at verse one. As snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. You know, we look at a child, if he's acting foolish, the worst thing you can do is laugh at him. And, and by the way, you know, this has nothing to do with this, but if a child is yelling at their mom and disobeying and, and hitting it, that's not funny. Um, just thought, thought I'd throw that in there. It's not, it's not cute. Um, you know, but we as Christians, we can be all grown up, and we act that way sometimes, don't we? Uh, when we're confronted with God's truth. But honor should not be given to a fool. You can certainly apply this in context to uh, somebody in authority. And America is good at, you know, sometimes you look and you hear some of these congressmen through the years, and it's not just some of the ones now. You, you see, our, you know, our, our quote-unquote leadership, um, it, it's embarrassing. Um, but you see some of these congressmen, and through, and through the years, and, and one that sticks in my mind is, I think he's from Georgia somewhere, uh, where he actually thought the island of Guam could tip over if he had too many people. You know, somebody elected him. And you, we laugh at him. I mean, he was serious. It was in a congressional hearing when he was talking about this. And are we afraid the island's going to tip over? And he was serious about this. And it's like, what a... And then you start thinking about, there's people who elected him. Um, you know... Honor should not be given a fool. I'll just, those of you that kid, have children, no matter what age they are, if they're in your house, you need to hear this. Um, social media gives glorification to fools. TikTok is full of fools. Instagram and Twitter and Facebook isn't far behind. It glorifies fools. It glorifies foolishness. That is direct. So what's wrong with it? As snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. It makes as much sense for there to be a snowstorm in the summer, what the Bible's saying, as it does to give honor to a fool. Remember the Bible definition of a fool. One who lives by their own inclination. One who uh, rejects sound wisdom. Prefers trifling and temporary pleasures as opposed to service of God, eternal happiness. Honor should not be given to a fool. And so in our own mind, we need to, we need to keep that in mind. Uh, we need to be careful what we laugh at. You know, I, 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 I'm not a big fan of sitcoms because we laugh at things that we should not be laughing at. Um, we give honor. Oh, you know, is it foolish to... It's amazing. You, you have... You have people who use their lives and spend their lives to be a help to people, to, to serve people. We give them no honor, and we give honor to those who spend their life to be trifling. Okay? This is a simple illustration. I'll go with this. Uh, somebody, a veteran who's fought a war for our country, somebody who's served in our military, made sacrifices, they should probably, we ought, probably ought to have a walkway with stars with their name and not a bunch of act, Hollywood actors 
What do we do? We give honor. Did you, did you see who was in town? This kind of, we give honor to fools. See, Pastor, that seems kind of harsh. God labels and defines. Why? Because there's an eternal value. There's an eternal goal. This should remind us tonight not to waste our days with trifling things. You know, if we're going to take a vacation, I'm for you taking a vacation. I'm for you taking time off. I'm for you having uh, all of those things. But it ought to be so we can rest, so we can do more. It ought to be so that we can spend more time with our family, so we can stay connected, so we get back and busy. We can do more. Uh, number two, fools earn the curse they bring among themselves. At verse 2, as the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. Fools earn the curse they bring among themselves. If you act like a fool, it's going to catch up with you. It, it is going to catch up with you. Well, I, I, feel, I feel so sorry for, well, we ought to have compassion in our heart. That's a little different than having, you know, sometimes we want to pity. I have compassion because maybe they don't, they, they don't know the Lord or they haven't had, uh, they, they get used to wasting their life. You know, these, and I use the Hollywood actors in, 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 I didn't intend, but that's what popped in my mind. It's like they spend all of their life and then what do they have left? You know, they get old too, they age too. Boy, for the child of God and for those who have reared their children and, 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 and live for eternal causes, um, you know, there's, you know, obviously you live long enough. The book of Ecclesiastes reminds us that, you know, we're all going to deal with difficulties in this life. But you live contrary to God's law and sound wisdom, and you live uh, um, your life um, in, in trivial matters, there's an effect of that. And uh, that's those words, what it means, the curse causeless shall not come. It means it's not causeless. It comes around. There's a reason for it. I mean, and you act like an idiot. Sometimes it's going to catch up with you. Um, you so uh, fools earn the curse they bring among themselves. And that's just a good reminder. If we're going to act like a fool, it's going to come back. It's going to catch us. It's foolish to live contrary to this book. It's foolish to believe it and then say, I just want to spend my life for trivial matters. Say, Pastor, what is wrong with this? There may not be anything wrong with it, but God says if you could use your life for eternity and you use it for trivial things that are going to burn up, that's foolish. Number three, fools have to be treated like an untrained wild animal. Say, Pastor, I just don't know how, to, how do I deal with this. Well, the Bible is going to tell us. Verse three, a whip for the horse... Now, I'm going to put this in context in just a moment. Some of you are getting excited as I read this because you're thinking of somebody. A bridle for the ass and a rod for the fool's back. I've never worked with wild animals um, besides those that have lived in my house for the years, but I've never, I've never worked with them. Um, but when you break a horse, when you break, domesticate these animals... There are some that just refuse to be trained. Do you know what they understand? A whip. They understand that. I use several times I've been out at, um, in New Mexico visiting the, the ranch out there with Brother Chetty, and there's horses out there, and, and he, he, he's in there. He can do everything. And so he's a part of how he paid the bills through the years is he would... He would, he would train horses and break horses and, and all of those kind of things. And, and uh, 
he gets his horses out there and I forget one time we're out there and, you know, horses and I'm, you know, I'm a city guy, you know, what are horses supposed to do? What are they not supposed to do? You know, just, I, by the way, I don't like horses. I mean, I could look at them. You want to ride? No, no, thank you. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's just, just not, just, just not for me. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like, and then all of a sudden he just reached up and punched a horse right in the face. And I was like, maybe I could get into this horse training thing. And I'm like, what are you doing? And, and he's like, they know. And the horse wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. A few minutes later, I guess the horse wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. And he just did this, right in line, where he's supposed to be. Now, this says use a whip, not your fist, but you get the point that I'm making. A, a fool, they have to be treated like untrained wild animals. Let me help you. If you know somebody that is living contrary, they, they have it, they're going to live their life trifling, quit trying to reason with them. You give the truth. You give wisdom. You give this is what God has said. And quit trying to convince them that this is a better way. I believe this with my whole heart that as a child of God, we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can convince better than you or me. And I'm afraid we, do, we are in contrary many times to what the Bible says because we don't think about it. There's one thing that a fool understands, the same thing as an untrained animal, you've got to treat them that way. Now, I'm not saying go buy you a whip and keep it in your car. I'm not saying that, but that's what they understand. They refuse to be bridled. Sometimes you might say, well, pastor dealt with that pretty harshly. Well, there's one thing fools understand. It's like an untrained animal. It's like an untrained wild animal. Number four, verses four and five. Let's read those together because sometimes we get confused at this. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. I'm sorry, verse four. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. Now, this is not a contradiction in the scripture. Where in one verse it's like, don't answer. And then the next verse is answer. And what does that mean? Is this whatever mood I'm in? No, that's not what it means. So let me give you number four. We see from verse number four, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. Don't respond to a fool's foolishness with foolishness. That's what that verse is saying. Don't answer an insult with an insult. Uh, those that are on social media, that's a good rule to have. You know, I don't waste my time talking to fools. I waste my time talking to, you know why? Because then we're going to become just like them. Don't, don't answer an embellishment with an embellishment. Don't answer a lie with a lie. Uh, um, that's what it's saying. Don't respond to a fool's foolishness with foolishness. We react, generally speaking, too much as a Christian because we let our emotions lead us well, that, that made me angry, okay, but what does the Bible say? Well, I could, I, could, I, could, I could make them look like an idiot. Let them talk. And they'll do, it for the, they'll do it for you. Don't answer foolishness with foolishness. What do we say to the little children? Well, he hit me. That doesn't mean you have to hit them back. 
Because now you're, now you're both in trouble. And we have to keep in mind that when there is foolishness, don't respond with foolishness. Sometimes, are you with me on this? Sometimes the best thing to do is not do anything, is not to say anything. Don't post anything. Don't answer, a fool, don't answer foolishness with foolishness. Well, I told them. So now there's two fools. Um, and the fool likes it. Uh, number five. We see the opposite. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. Number five, respond to a fool's foolishness with wisdom. There are sometimes the best thing to do is I'm just not going to respond. They're doing what they want to do. They don't care what the truth is. And I just said previously, there's only one thing they understand, so my reasoning and my logic isn't going to help them. Um, it's trying to explain somebody who's lost. Well, this is the, why you shouldn't... You know, the Holy Spirit is going to convict them because the Holy Spirit's in the convicting business. But sometimes when they say, I know, the fool knows sound wisdom and refuses to follow it. Knows sound wisdom. says, I just want to use my life for trifling things. Uh, so just like that, we don't respond to foolishness with foolishness. And so sometimes it's better to ignore. It's better not to say anything. It's better to just, that's, that, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Anybody ever said that or heard that or had somebody say it to you? Uh, you know, it's, we, we, I'm not going to answer. But verse 5 says, remind us, there is a time to respond to a fool's foolishness with, with wisdom. Wisdom reveals the foolishness of foolishness. There are times, well, this is a foolish, it might be, something, it might be a conversation between a parent and a child. It might be a conversation with a, between a pastor and a Christian. It might be a conversation between a Christian and a Christian where there's foolishness like, well, let me give wisdom. So how do I know the difference? That's discernment. We lean on the Spirit of God. One way to know is to not get, let your emotions dictate. Uh, whenever we let our emotions dictate our response, we are not in charge. We are not in control. We've given control. How many say... Why do you let a fool control you? A fool does not control me. Well, they're living in your head rent-free because that's all you think about. It's because i got to think about how i got to respond to them. Don't think about them. I go back to social media because this is the day we're going to have until Jesus comes. The best thing you can do is mute, block, ignore, delete, just, just move on. I need to give them a piece of my mind. No, you're acting like a fool when you do that. Well, well Pastor, I can cover it where it says answer. He, he doesn't need to be wise in his own conceit. That, I'm not talking about your wisdom or your witty comeback. It's presenting wisdom in contrary. If, if I hear somebody giving counsel to a foolish counsel to somebody... So what am I, what do I going to do? So I'm not going to attack the person giving the counsel. What are you going to do? I'm going to give wise counsel. In contrast to the foolishness. Does that make sense? Our, our children are inundated with bad examples. How do I answer that? Well, sometimes you have to need to teach wisdom, but I want to offer a wise example. There's the difference in that. Too many times we answer foolishness with foolishness 
and we don't answer foolishness with wisdom. Number five, number six, don't trust a fool with any responsibilities. I really don't have to say much about that, and we can move on. It's just a good rule to live by, but we will look at verses six, seven, eight, and nine. See, I tricked you. I said I had nine, but I have four subpoints. That way I didn't go over ten. That's another preacher secret that you use. Anyway, don't, treat a, don't trust a fool with any responsibilities. Look at verse number six. He that sendeth a message by the hand of a fool cutteth off the feet and drinketh damage. It, the Bible likens, if I give a message to a fool to go deliver it, I might as well cut off the messenger's feet because it makes as much sense to, to give them something, cut off their feet and say, go deliver it. Because the percentages of the message getting to where it needs to get to, and, it doesn't, and we're not talking about, you know, hey, Johnny, come here, go tell mom. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, but when you, you have responsibility and you need that responsibility to be done, a messenger is used as an example because it's not like, you know, in these times, you didn't, it's not like today where you, have, you can text, your email. It's like, oh, you as a messenger was a trusted important, vital position to get instruction from one place to the next. The king is sending a message to this ruler over here in his kingdom, and that messenger had to get it in time, had to deliver it as it was supposed. So it was a very trusted, high-character place that if they didn't deliver it, they could lose their life. But the kingdom was at stake. So you don't give that responsibility to a fool. Because if you do that, there's some things in our, in, our, in, our, in our churches, in our home, in our life, that we need to be very careful who we entrust them to. Because it would be the same as saying, I've got to get word that the enemy is coming to the, to, 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 to the border city of our, of our kingdom and say, you give them word to prepare for a battle and then cut off their feet and say, Go. It's the same thing as what the Bible is saying. So we don't, want, we don't, don't trust a fool with any responsibility. And by the way, as I'm going through the, no, number six, let's make ourselves trustworthy. Make ourselves trustworthy. Young people, if you want privileges in the home, show that you've got the character to fulfill responsibilities that you have in the home. Young adults, you won't say, well, I want everybody to treat me like an adult. Act like one. That's the best way to get treated like an adult. In, in the church, be the, kind of, be the kind of Christian that's sober-minded that the pastor can say, I have a responsibility, I need, to, I need you to fulfill that responsibility, which means you can't live a life that you say everything's trifling and there's nothing serious about it and I just want to make myself happy. No, if you're going to help in the kingdom of God, then you've got to be serious-minded enough to be trusted with something. Now, don't everybody read into this and say, well, how come the pastor won't trust me? Are, are you living a life that's trifling? That may be why. Now, for all you overthinkers out there, that's why pastor didn't ask me to be, because no, you, you and the Holy Spirit decide if that's what's going on with you. But we don't want to trust a fool with any responsibility. Then verse number seven. The legs of the lame are not equal... So it was a parable in the mouth of fools. Uh, the, the, the message is not trusted. The message is not going to be... Again, it goes through the trustworthiness. Somebody who's lame, you, you're not going to depend on them to run a marathon. 
You're not going to depend on them. The same thing with the messenger. I've got to get a message that's vital. Livelihoods are at stake. Lives are at stake. A kingdom's at stake. I've got to get a message. Or a message has got to get to the king or get to somebody who needs this message. I need to trust. I'm not going to send somebody on a, on a long journey who can't walk. So why would I do that? A parable in the mouth of a fool's. It's likened to that. The message is not trusted. We see in verse number 8. As he that bindeth a stone in a sling, so is he that giveth honor to a fool. Um, we've already said fools aren't worthy of any honor. You, can, you, don't, you don't trust them with any responsibility. Think about this. You put a stone in a sting, a, a sting, a sling, because you want to make that stone go somewhere. You know, that one of the most famous Bible stories in, in, in all, of, all of Scripture is David and Goliath. The sling, he had the stone. Y'all know this story? Okay, I hope so. And, and he uses that sling and that stone to hit Goliath and win the victory. We wouldn't know that story if David took his sling, put the stone in it, and then tied the stone in the sling. And then when he threw the sling... Why isn't the stone going anywhere? No, it makes no sense. Why put the stone in the sling if you're going to tie the stone to the sling? It likens that to giving honor to a fool. This is just real. This is just this should help us tonight. You know, it it, it doesn't to, to serve. The Lord to serve in his church in any capacity is an honor. It's an honor. No matter what you do, it's an honor. And this isn't the message tonight, but if you ever start looking at where your area of service is anything other than an honor, you need to step back and be reminded of who you're serving, why you're doing it, and you're not going to see the gratitude down here like you probably deserve, but you're not doing it for down here. You're doing it for when we all get up there. It's a good reminder for all of us. It's an honor. The scripture says, He that bindeth a stone in a sling, so is he that giveth honor to a fool. You know, anybody who wants to serve God can serve God. But you've got to quit living for yourself. It's foolish. You know, we, we, there's capacities to serve. And I, I'm going to probably preach on this a week from Sunday night because we're getting ready for new ministries and, and new involvement in a bunch of ministries. And I'm going to pre- take that Sunday night to talk about ministry and what it means to serve in ministry. And if you're going to serve in certain ministries, this is what you're agreeing to. And this is just a good reminder for all of us that we're serving God and we should approach it that way. But if we want to live our life for that which doesn't matter, and sometimes there are some who cannot serve in capacities because they're not willing to lay aside some foolishness, so they can serve and say, well, I just don't understand why. Well, I know, I know in other places they can do it. Why will God do that? Because I'm not going to give honor to a fool. Well, that went over well. Look at verse number 9. As a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard, so it's a parable in the mouth of fools. Now, there's a lot I could say about this, and it makes the message a little foolish. Obviously, we've already seen that. Last one, look at that first 
part. As a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard. The drunkard's not paying attention to what he's doing. And you can take the biggest, baddest dude, and you can watch a thorn in the hand bring them to their knees. It's aggravating. You ever get a splinter? It's like, man, I got it. It's not really hurting, but it's just aggravating. Sometimes it does hurt. If you don't get it out, you get affected. It's just, you know, that, that hey, I want to go pick a rose, but there's, a th- there's the thorns. That is, he likened, the Bible likens that to a parable in the mouth of fools. It just doesn't set well. It just doesn't communicate what the message is, is communicated. That parable becomes foolish. And can you, are you, we guaranteed that we're going to get the result that was intended by it? Because no, we've already established it's somebody who uh, lives contrary to sound wisdom, using their life for trifling things, things that don't have eternal value, uh, rejecting that which uh, the Lord has established. And so uh, it just ties in in verse number 9 with the previous three verses that we should not trust a fool with any responsibilities. Now, this is just just a good reminder for us, but it's also, let's flip that around and let it teach us and instruct us and remind us that if I want to be trusted with responsibilities, I don't need to be foolish. Which means I need to embrace wisdom. I need to seek the Bible wisdom. I need to let it be what, I, what guides me and directs me. I don't need to live by my own inclination. Well, this is what I think. Be very, very careful with that. Um, sometimes I'm asked, Pastor, what do you think about this? And, and, I, and I process it in my mind, and sometimes I say this, and sometimes I just process it in my mind. And, and sometimes I'm thinking, I try not to think about it because there's some things I don't have to formulate an opinion on because it only matters what God's opinion is. What do you think about, yes, I will have an opinion, but I want to be very, very careful because I want to just see what is my responsibility in this. Too many people get caught up in the drama of this world, and it makes no difference what you think about it. Well, let me tell you what I think about it. Well, that's certainly going to change something. No, what am I, what's the command that I'm supposed to follow? Does this make sense tonight? We, we, we need to pay closer attention to this. Well, what, what, well I, I tell you, if it was up to me, I would do this. Well, it's not up to you. So why are you all worked up? It, we, we have to approach it with wisdom. We, and we need, to be, we need to make sure that we don't act. You know, you cannot necessarily be a fool and you can act foolish. But that moment you're acting foolish, what are you? You're a fool. I'll go somewhere where the pastor don't call me a fool. I wasn't, well, the Bible does say where the wicked flee, no man pursue it. So, you know, it's not me calling you that. It's the Bible saying this. We, and I will say, I, there's been times in my life when I've been foolish. We all have. Um, we need to make sure that we are not foolish and so that we can be trusted with responsibilities. Um, and just, and about, let me just say this. We got a lot of singles in our church. Just because you're old enough to get married doesn't mean you're ready to get married. Are you ready to put away trifling matters and, and take on the responsibility of a wife? And, and you can flip that too. Are you willing to lay down some of the things that you like to do to, t- to take on the responsibilities of being a wife? 
Well, you've been married. I, you know, you know, it's, it's, you know, think about when you bring children in this world, you better be ready to take on that responsibility. Um, you know, those are things that we need to think through so that we can take the, the responsibility that God has for us. Number seven, fools will receive their reward. Pastor, you're talking about these fools, but I know these, these social media influencers. And by the way, what are they influencing? Who are they influencing and what are they influencing them to? Those of you on social media, you hear these things. And then just because you put Christian in front of something, it doesn't necessarily make them influencers. But that's just, that's just my that's just pet peeve of mine. So they've got all these millions of followers and these YouTube hits. What do you mean? They, they, they're getting, okay, look at verse number 10. The great God. By the way, when we choose our life's decision, when we make decisions, don't forget about the great God. When you're going to respond to something, you better remember the great God. It's his perspective. One day, and Christian, you and I need to keep this in mind, there is a judgment seat of Christ. Not the white throne of judgment. That's for those who don't know the Lord. But there's a judgment seat of Christ where Christians will be rewarded for how well they obeyed this book. And part of that is how do I respond. That's when we get our reward. But look at what the Bible says, verse 10, the great God that formed all things both rewardeth the fool and reward the transgressors. You know, when we read the Bible, we study the Bible, any action, thought, direction that brings the judgment of God, we should take note of. And we should pay very close attention to. Here, my Bible tells me that the fool is going to get their reward. Is God the creator of all men? Absolutely he is. So the creator has the right to determine what the life should be lived for. And if we waste the life that God has given us, there's a reward for that. It's, it, it's, it's not a gold star either. This should make us sit up and pay close attention because this is what we do a lot of times. We say, well, I, we, we worry about what other, other people are doing, number one. We, should, we need to be reminded, and this is good for parents to remind your children of this and young people to be reminded of, the fool is it's, it's, it's coming back around. And I want to stay out of the judgment of God. Okay, let's, can we use some logic tonight? Blessings, are they better than judgment? I think so. I don't think it's close. So as a Christian, I should be seeking. I, I, we, we, we live our lives too much of just being tossed to and fro. We don't live on purpose enough. When I get up today, that Bible tells me there's some things that I can do today. Today, that will please God, and he'll bless me for it. There's also some things I can do today that are foolish. It will displease God. Maybe he might not bless me for it, but that may also mean that there's going to be something come about because of it. Well, is God judging all? It may just be because there's cause and effect. You reap what you sow. If you sow foolishness, what are you going to reap? Wisdom? That's not how it works. There is a reward. It's good for us to be reminded of that. Number eight, 
Look at verse number 7. I'm sorry. <coughs> Look at verse number 11. As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. Where's all my dog lovers? You have a dog? I don't need to explain this verse to you. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, if, if, a, if a dog throws up, you don't have to clean it up. I'll just leave it at that. Um, and we see number eight, fools do return to their folly. It's, it's, it's the way a dog is. I remember my, my, my wife did not grow up with dogs. We grew up with dogs. The first time we had a dog, if you want to call it that little rat thing, you know, at, at when we first got, we, we went, in the first couple of years we got married, and I remember that thing throwing up, and just like, I got to go clean, you go clean, yeah, I got to clean that up, like, don't worry about it, babe. Dogs are built with this in them. And some of you are like, I didn't think the Bible said it was going to take a turn for this tonight. Um, and some of you are like, I've been cleaning it up all these years. I didn't have to. No, the dog will return to it. And the dog will, I'm not trying to be gross tonight, but they'll take care of it. I'm taking the time to talk about that for a moment because the Bible likens a fool going back, back, back. Now, I've never had dog food. You look at that dog food, it can't taste good. But it's got to taste better the first time than the second time. <laughs> it makes no sense of why a dog would be inclined to do that. It makes less sense for a child of God to act like a fool for there to be consequences of that and go back to that. But yet we all know that, we've lived long enough, you know that this is the nature of a fool. Let me use this. There's a lot I could say about this, but let me use this, and I want our teenagers, everybody listen to me, especially our teenagers and our young people, young adults. You don't ever have to worry about going back to the vomit if you don't get into it to begin with. And this Bible is so clear. This is our spiritual authority. And God says, you obey, and he doesn't give any room. He gives us grace. He's long-suffering. We're thankful for that. But I know, you know, we, we enter the throne of heaven through prayer. Aren't you thankful for that? There's not a suggestion box there on how to rewrite the Bible. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. If we would just obey what God has said and trust the Bible, trust the people God has put in our lives. Well, I, my mom and dad, they weren't educated, but if they know this book, they got more sense, and God put more sense in mom and dad than 13-year-old junior or juniorette because they've lived life, they've seen some of the results, and you need to just listen and don't be foolish. 
I can tell you how many times I've tried to help and counsel. It's just fool goes back, fool goes back, fool goes back, fool goes back. Keep choosing that temporary service. This is what happens. You have a, you, God works in your heart, and then they say, okay, I'm going I'm I'm, I'm to change that, and then they go back to it. What happens? You don't make any provision for change. If you have to, if you're going to get out of that folly, you have to make some changes. You have to protect yourself. You have to put some guidelines. You might have to change your associations. You might have to change your schedule. You might have to change your habits. You might have to change uh, who has who has authority. You might have to change all of those things to keep from returning. The only way, the only way to use the illustration the Bible uses for a dog to vomit and for him not to go back to his vomit is to wall it off. If he can't access it, he can't go back to it. And we as Christians don't pay enough attention to what God says. A fool is going to go, keep going back. Well, I've got, you better wall it off. And sometimes... There's a friend that always gets you in folly. A friend that when you're around them, you, you know, we've all said, when they're around them, they act like an idiot. They act like a fool. Not necessarily, I mean, sometimes we talk about their sense of humor or whatever, but even more than that, we're talking about somebody who their mentality changes, and I'm going to live for myself. Their mentality changes and said, I'm going to deny sound wisdom. Their mentality changes and says, I'm going to live for uh, whatever my inclination is. You're going to have to make some changes. Are you going to keep going back? I'm just going to willpower it. No, you might have to make some changes. Don't underestimate the power of this old flesh. Don't underestimate it. And a fool is always going to go back to his father. This helps you. I think they were sincere this time. Well, have they changed their mindset of accepting wisdom? Somebody, and, and I pray, and you know what I remind you, we ought to be praying for those that are struggling spiritually, praying for the prodigals, praying for people away from the Lord to come back. And I've had, so, I've had conversations after conversations. I can tell you who's going to make it and who's not. When you give them that wisdom the first time and they don't want to change, they're going back to it. Somebody who you, you, you wish you had listened, but you got away from God and went out into the world and you're trying to get it all back together. Let me tell you what you have to do. you got to cut off every old friend. Delete that Facebook account. Say, Here, here's my address book and my phone. Everybody who's got my number, who should I, who should I delete? Everybody. Say, Pastor, that's kind of harsh. Well, do you want to go back? Well, I've got more willpower than everybody who's ever lived, including who Solomon is writing about. Well, I, that just seems kind of, do you, you're going to stand before God one day with the life God's given you. Do you want to use it for eternal value or do you want to keep the 37 Facebook friends you have? You have to make those changes or you're going back. There, there's, a, there's a proper way to do it. There's a, but sometimes, well, let me explain to them. We've already covered that with foolishness. You, you they're going to do what they're going to do. 
We have to understand the nature of foolishness is to continue in that foolishness. Fools aren't running around. Where's wisdom? They're looking for foolishness. And so you have to change all of that. You have to change your environment, change your surroundings. I'm out of time, number nine. <coughs> Look at verse number 12. And this ends, this ends us, this thought. He's going to move to the slothful man. Verse 12, seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There's more hope of a fool than of him. Now, the first 11 verses, we have, how much hope have we seen for a fool? Not much. Very little. We should pay close attention to everything we already talked about tonight. It's good to be reminded so we can identify. This person is coming into my life, and if the Bible, <coughs> whenever somebody says, Pastor, I want to talk, or somebody said, can, can, you, know, you don't know me, I, want, I try and identify them right away. Are they, are, they, are they wise? Are they simple? Are they a fool? Are they a scorner? Because the Bible tells me how to respond to everyone. We really hit it off. I'm glad you hit it off, but if they're a scorner, the Bible says, cast them out. If they're evil, the Bible says there's a certain way you're supposed to respond to that. If they're simple, instruct them. If they're a fool, rebuke them. I mean, really, it's not as complicated as we make it out to be. So all the things we've said about a fool, it's good for us to be reminded, I need to stay away from that foolishness. But lest we sit tonight and be like, well, those, those idiots out in Hollywood, those fools, and yes, the Bible would call all of that foolishness and them fools. But there's a lot of fools sitting on, on church pews too. But lest we say, well, I'm glad Pastor brought this for all of them. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There's more hope of a fool than of him. Number nine, a fool has more hope than a proud man. Beware of becoming the person that nobody can tell you anything. Oh, but Pastor, I think you've got to give more time, time, time to this individual. Well, maybe, I'm, maybe all the time and effort I'm putting into them is through prayer. Because nothing I'm going to say is going to help them. And this was a hard lesson for me to learn in ministry. Because my heart is to help everybody, everybody. And I know what this book will do. No matter your situation, if you'll surrender and submit to this book by the Spirit of God, you can get out of, no matter how deep that pit is, you can get out of it. No matter the obstacle, you can make it. You can build a home, a marriage, a life that will bring honor and glory to God. You can have joy in your heart that you wake up and say, I don't know why I feel so good today, but there's something inside of me. That's the joy of the Lord. It gets us through. You can, I believe so much in this that it's like, why would you not want it? Why would, you not want to, why would you not want to build your home on this? Why would you not want to build your marriage on this? Why would you not want to use your life to serve the Lord? It's a hard lesson for me to learn when I went into ministry because I, I hard to help everybody. And I, I, know this will be, I know everybody's going to be excited about what God says. I am. But you can't help somebody who does not want to be helped. You cannot help somebody who does not believe they need to be helped. And, I, and I'll say this, and we'll close in just a few moments. That's relative too, but. When somebody asks, there's some of you, 
Somebody asks you where you go to church, you say, I may know about this church. And you say, well, who's your pastor? And you say, Greg Neal. But that's as far as me being your pastor goes. I want to remind everybody, God gives you a pastor to help you. And it starts from the pulpit when I get up on Sunday morning, Sunday night, in times like tonight. It's your pastor preaching the word of God. And it's more than just a, tonight's not a four-point outline, but it's more than a four-point outline. It's, it's, it's the desire to help you. And then along the way, letting your pastor pastor you. But, but I can tell where it's going to end up with most people because it gets to a place where it's like, I've got it all figured out. Well, tomorrow when I'm trying to figure some things out, I'm going to call you. Because there's some things I don't have figured out. So what am I supposed to do? I'm just supposed to try and do the best that I can. It's, this is a warning to all of us. It's easy for us to look at this world and say, what a bunch of fools. What a bunch of fools. But have you rejected the Spirit of God and His leading in your own life? That's a man wise in his own conceit. Pastor, I, I know, I know what you say, I know the Bible says, but I'm different. We'll see, but you won't be different. Why? Because we get to our own place. You know, you, you, you have a student who wants to argue with a teacher and think they know as much as the teacher. You can't, you can't instruct them. You can't, you can't help them. Oh, let's, let's not be so full of ourselves that we don't remember. We, ha- we need this book. You know, I, I'm gonna, if I don't have this book, I'm going to make unwise decisions. Sometimes you make decisions. Pastor, how's it going to work out? I don't know, but all I know is to follow this pattern. To go outside of that is to be wise in our own conceit. Oh, I don't want to be labeled. A f- I don't want God to consider me a fool. Oh, we need to be very careful of the influence they have on us and how they can affect us. Father, help us tonight to consider these truths. Help us to be reminded that we're all foolish sometimes.